Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by my good friend, Aram. Aram in Toronto. Aram in Toronto. I'm here. Yeah. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I am getting some good rest after the this long, strange Warriors season, and I'm excited about the draft lottery. This is like a long time coming. I've been wanting this. I've been circling this date uh, for a couple months now. <laughs> it, the draft season, it's uh, it's Warriors Christmas. For if you're if you're an old head Warriors fan, it's Warriors Christmas. Yeah, I I, I am so excited for draft season. Like this is this used to be our playoffs, and <laughs> you know I feel like this is the most exciting time. You know what I mean? Outside of the finals, like this is the best. Well, it's uh, I think I think it, it was always like uh, you know, lots of people in sports talk about like you just want hope, and this was the only place we could have hope, right? Mm-hmm. It's like and whatever there whatever chance and so you know i think i think towards the end of this year where it was kind of like uh man like do i want them to make the playoffs or do they i want them to have the 14th pick and a 0.9 percent chance at kate Cunningham, you know <laughs> um and, and it's like it's like wow i really i really can't tell so it's it's uh i feel kind of guilty for feeling like this was the best case scenario just uh it's like hey we got two picks and we we still have a chance for number one i i feel guilty about that because oh yeah maybe it would have been served by like having pool and wiggins have uh experience playing the jazz in a series where you know they're trying to match up and take you out of a series and those kinds of things the 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 cauldron of the playoffs but this is also fun too yeah yeah i mean i, I love this Growing up, when the Warriors were not making the playoffs, like lotteries in general, like, you know, some people could say that they're kind of for suckers, right? Because you put all this money into lotteries, like California State Lottery or something. I've known people to like take $5,000 and then put it in the lottery and then come out with nothing. You know what I mean? And uh, if like this... Like the NBA draft lottery, it is not for suckers per se, <laughs> but it's like, oh man, when the Warriors sucked, it just keeps you hanging on, right? It is the thing that gives, like you said, hope. I mean, I said that a bunch throughout the season when it was all like said and done that Clay was out. It's about the hope for next season, right? And we had our formative years just being trained to watch the lottery <laughs> and wait for the lottery and be excited for the lottery and get home in time to watch it. Right. And I mean, well, yeah, it was the best. Well, you know, I, I was so into the lottery that um, I used to do my, uh, I used to do a DIY lottery. Like now we have Tankathon um, where you can just like click it. But I, I did a DIY lottery where I, um, after I learned how it worked, like, oh, the worst team gets one ping pong ball, the wor- the the worst team or, or the best team gets one, the worst team gets 11 or something like that. So I, I, I cut up pieces of paper or I shredded them and then I balled them up and then I put them in a hat and I just like shook them around. Right. And I would do like mock lotteries and then write it down and then do a draft. 
Um, but it was a lot of work. And, and yeah, how many balls? I think that? I actually, I well, I mean, it's a well. There was like eleven teams in the lottery, so you know, eleven and then ten and then nine and whatever that adds up to. I think it was like sixty-six or something like that. But then I like I only ran like shook the hat and ran the simulation like only a couple of times. Like, why did I do all this work of like <laughs> crumpling them up? You know, uh, I think though it's like. Um, I don't think I got the lottery results that I wanted. <laughs> like clearly in my my shake the hat simulation, the Warriors didn't get the top pick. Um, which like uh I know maybe the paper spent, wasn't weighted evenly, you know what I mean? Like it, did you it was not scale? frozen. No, 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 no it was okay. not it was not frozen. No, and it was purely not not scientific. So um, you know, you're just like, you know, anytime you're you're searching around like where's that warriors crumpled up ball <laughs> but now you know like and and i have to i wanted to shout out tankathon because like i don't know who runs that um but it's been a great service this uh, yeah this entire yeah. like spring and uh just like just constantly hitting that button and uh <laughs> like trying to trying to get that pick you know trying to get like yeah let me get Cade, you know I somehow feel, i mean had you heard of that site before this season I had, yeah. I think, probably last year was yeah, when yeah. I first, because you know we were so terrible last yeah, year too. I I remember it and uh, like, but I didn't go to it that often. But early in the season, I mean, when you do like a game by game podcast and you're looking for something to talk about, you know, I think I started looking ahead pretty early, you know, at the at the Wolves pick at the draft, and so I started looking at it and I was like, oh man, this looks great, you know, like because I would basically go just to the odds page and just look at Minnesota and be like, this is going to be so good for us. And then as the season went on and I was like, Oh, they fired their coach. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns is back. Oh, D'Lo. Well, when D'Lo came back, I was like, Oh, okay. They're going to lose. But <laughs> yeah, then, that's going to be good. <laughs> but then Anthony Edwards played better. And I was like, ah, they have too much talent. And then it started looking worse and worse well you you and Vubang had that ongoing conversation throughout the season too i think about like uh w- would the wolves get better but but uh definitely the wolves pick was driving my interest in in tankathon um and like i think on my phone anytime i go to the like the search bar like that's the number one thing uh <laughs> that's the top suggestion is tankathon nba which you know like i think after june 22nd they're gonna have some major like drop off but yeah, uh, yeah you know hey they I, I it's like uh again it's the christmas analogy like exactly. a, lot of, a lot of businesses like they make most of their business in the christmas season right so exactly. tankathon is doing exactly. doing well right now i guess and i personally don't like do the simulation that often and i showed you i texted you a couple days ago, I went just for the hell of it to see because they actually I didn't maybe they've done this for a while, but uh, I was looking at all the random draft boards to see who everyone was saying the Warriors would get at certain picks and whatever. So I wanted to see what they then I ended up on the simulation page and then I was like, it's like that guy who doesn't gamble and he's like, well, let me <laughs> let, let me pull the 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 one arm band at once. And then I was like and then i was like uh, one more uh. and then on the fifth try i got the warriors with their own pick with the number one getting the number one pick <laughs> and then minnesota falling into the fourth pick and so we got that pick and i was like holy shit i am going to be stupidly superstitious as hell and like 
I haven't closed that browser window. <laughs> <laughs> it is frozen in time. Don't, for some don't reason, close it until, don't close it until the 23rd. For some reason, I screen grabbed it as if it was like some momentous occasion. <laughs> I needed well, no, proof. I, it is. It is because you know how hard I tried. I, I, I. That's the reason why it's the top search. It's like I've, I've tried so many times to get that double, that double top five, right? Because yeah. I think that like that's that's the dream. Yeah, that's right? the like, best case scenario. One in four. I mean, when you multiply like the nine percent chance for four and the like point nine percent chance for number one, like it's amazing you got that. Yeah. So so I I I'm totally happy that you got it and that you took a picture. <laughs> but it's it's because that means it's possible. It's weird, right? Because I felt like I had done something with my day. <laughs> I felt like I had accomplished something. Like I, it, it was like the equivalent of you know finishing a draft of a screenplay. I was like, I am worthy today of something. <laughs> you know, like I am going to eat like an ice cream sundae. Uh, you know? uh, and yeah, I think Vubang told me once that because he's also big into Tankathon, and I think he may have said it on a, a couple episodes ago, but. He, I think the best he got was like three and they can't even get the fifth pick. I think it was like maybe like three and four or something. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, how long did it take? He's like, you really want to know? I said, yeah, an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hope, I hope that was during a Zoom meeting or something. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, no props to the dudes who came up with that site. And um, shame on you, Aram, for not coming up with that because you had like the analog version in your room uh, in San Francisco back in the I, 90s. I, I'm I'm actually really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am truly annoyed. Like, internet, I don't need to spend any time learning how that works. <laughs> this is a, a big, big day, like in terms of, you know, the Warriors' future. Timberwolves future. Yeah. I mean, everybody else is too, but I, I couldn't care less about the other teams. But, um, you know, like you said to me, yeah, there's that worst case scenario of the Warriors just end up with the number 14 pick and not the Wolves pick because that means the Wolves get a top four pick or top three pick, right? And yep. they get probably either Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, um, Suggs or Jalen Suggs, yeah. Uh, it's like Evan Mobley, and, and I, I don't know that that means that they'll be a playoff team, but they won't be a lot be, closer to be one. Yeah, I mean, bottom you know? line is like they won't be a bottom five team, regardless, and that just means that in a in a shallower draft, uh, we'll get somebody worse. You know what I mean? So maybe like a, a Scotty Barnes would be like. A number two pick next year. Or something. Well, well, I mean that—that's one of those things that people talk about this draft, and they're like, "Oh, it's top five, top five. You really want to get top five. Um, and that's cool. And and knowing that we probably won't get that, but that means that people who may have been uh, top five in another year, or or if this class didn't have a top five, that means it pushes people. You know, people who may have been like a top four pick, it pushes them down a little bit. So right. I'm super. I mean, because we're most likely to get that six, seven, eight um, pick, I've been looking at those people and I'm super excited for some of those. And, you know, there is definitely like uh, the Warriors fan 
inclination to just be hyped about draft prospects and like you know who knows how these guys are gonna uh come out and 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 show and how soon they can contribute uh, but definitely that wolves getting the top three pick that's worst case scenario to me and not only just because that means it conveys next year but it also means that's just one fewer asset that the warriors have yes to play with exactly. right to trade or develop or whatever yeah right? yeah because if they get eight and 14 or even six and 14 it's like hey you know who who could they get for those you know yeah with just the 14 pick you know it's like eh, you, can, yeah. you know might as well just <laughs> draft that guy right like yeah. no one's dying for the 14th pick we were talking about how the lottery was such a integral part of our upbringings i mean what's your what's your favorite What's your favorite lottery moment or year or memory or whatever? I, yeah, I, I mean, I might conflate the lottery and the draft a little bit, but uh, I mean, I'll I'll say first. Um, hopefully, my all time lottery high or or draft high will be James will be James Wiseman. Uh, we don't know that yet, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully. But I'll, um, but I'll say that. Uh, I mean, actually, like last year when we got the number two that was like, oh, that was a big relief, you know, because yeah. like you wanted to get in as, as high as possible. But I, I mean, my definitely like for sure, my highest moment was Chris Weber, you know, when, oh, yeah. when we traded for him. Uh, I, I think I like, I didn't have cable back then, but it's for some reason we ended up being at my grandma's house. Uh, who Big had lottery cable. fan, huh? Yeah, <laughs> well, she had cable. Uh, she was a big fan of uh, Chinese uh, soap operas. Uh, but <laughs> so, but uh, for some reason, we were at her house on that day. And I think that was what really got me into lottery. I think I had been, I had watched the lottery the year before. Yeah. Like the, sorry, the draft the year before with uh, Spreewell. But, um, but man, when we got Chris Weber, I couldn't believe we got him because he was like the missing piece, right? He... Um, and, and obviously if you were a, a teenager, if that was your formative years, you love the fab five, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and Weber was great. So I was, I was just so hyped for that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. How about you? What, what was your, what was your like kind of lottery or a draft high? Oh man. I mean, it, it has to be, it has to be that because that was our first, like, you know, well, we got the number three pick, but end up with an, the number one pick player right and that was awesome and exactly that like the warriors had been whooped um by other teams big men for so long that was the small ball era and this was their step forward and i was a huge fab five fan i was i was like like my my basketball team we all wore black shoes we <laughs> wore uh, black socks uh, we wore, well, our, this, the, the team didn't really have baggy shorts, but we sure as hell pulled them as low as possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, um, so yeah, like I knew all about the fat five and I was, I mean, I was a huge college basketball fan at the time and I love Chris Weber and the fact that we were actually getting something. And this is like when you're a kid and the warriors are like this small little team, um, that, never gets any hype uh in the media machine back then you're like whoa 
we are front and center. We are going to be like a contender, right? And yeah. um, and we we would have been. But and it was such an interesting team, right? Like they yeah. had they had a couple of veterans, right? They had Mullen, they had Hardaway, and then they had uh, then they had Spreewell coming up. Who had, who had just made the rookie team and, and Billy Owens, you know, for whatever you feel like, uh, you know, feel about him. But, um, but it was like a promising team. And it was like the sense of that. They're like, okay, we're going for it. And, you know, and, and, and that was evidenced by them trading the three future picks too. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, they're really serious about this. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> we can do a deep dive on that Golden State Warriors team. I think we have to. We uh, have to. Uh, do you want to do that now? <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. Okay, that's another. How long you got? <laughs> actually, I would like to do some more research on it. Actually, to yeah. make sure I get my timelines correct. You know. Yeah, I'm a little like sometimes I'm a little fuzzy like on on uh, who came first. But the thing is, is that I mean, I remember because I used to go to games back then, um, and Spreewell. I was like, because the Warriors were really good. Don Nelson was good at picking like CBA players, right? Continental yeah. Basketball Association, right? John Starks, Vincent Askew, Mario Ellie. And then pulling Spreewell, who was on the same Alabama team as like Robert Ori and somebody yeah. else I forgot. He was basically yeah, the, there was a wing. Yeah, it was like a, a small point guard or something. He was basically yeah. the third uh, wheel on that team. And then he became really, really good. I mean, he was just a fun player to watch and he definitely made losing Mitch Richmond a lot easier, you know, yeah. but then if you just think like if you had run TMC and then you just inserted Chris Weber, that would have been awesome. <laughs> but I know yeah. like I'm getting the order of everything like mixed up with Billy Owens and everything, but uh, that is for a later episode. It is. Of, it is. Uh, of, I need to be like more, um, I need to like prep myself emotionally and steal myself a little bit more before uh diving into that but i mean other lottery things i mean i will tell you this if the warriors end up not with a top five but with like the number seven that's a good omen right we got chris mullen at seven we got steph curry at seven we got yep. harrison barnes at seven yeah so uh i i i think uh somebody on warriors world posted though uh the pick that you don't want is eight because that's had the fewest like all stars or NBA, you know, all NBA team or any accolades. So, yeah. uh, that's the Jordan Hill pick, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so let's, uh, let's hope that for eight, but, uh, but yeah, totally. Like I, I'm not expecting that top five. I mean, if they open 14 and it's not, and we're not there, uh, Oh my God. I, I'm, I'm going to be running around four. the block. Yeah. I'll yeah. be running around the block, but, um, but I'll be happy with like a seven and 14, six and 14. Yeah. I mean, the worst happy. it can be um, if they, if the Minnesota pick does convey is 10, right? 10 yeah. and 14. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd rather have eight and 14. <laughs> I don't care what the, <laughs> you know, the history of that pick is, but um, yeah, no, I dude, I remember like when the Warriors got the Mullen pick, I was a kid um, and the Warriors stunk. And I was like excited because I was a Georgetown fan, and I was like, "Does, it, does this mean we're gonna get Patrick Ewing?" You know, <laughs> and that pick goes to the Knicks. And not only do they not get the top pick, they end up with the seventh pick. The lottery was whack. 
yeah. it was like, I mean, you know, you hear everybody talk about the frozen envelope. I mean, that was a little bit before my time. So I don't, that wasn't in my consciousness, but I know yeah. like reading, reading the history books about that. Yeah. Uh, and that the, like the fix was in and, you know, they'll insist that it wasn't, but. Well, the funny I mean, thing, come was, on. And, and, then, and then it's also the rules too. like, how could the worst team end up getting the worst pick in the lottery? I mean, it ended up being good for us with Mullen, but yeah, like that's, that's the broken system. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. And the funny thing was with me being such a huge Georgetown fan, I obviously was not a St. John's fan. And so I didn't actually like Chris Mullen. I yeah. actually hated him because he was very good. And that's when everybody played for four years. So I hated him for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I was too young for all those four years. But regardless, I was like, oh, God, Chris Mullen. And then it became Chris Mullen, became Mully, and he's still doing broadcasts. And, uh, and then I actually also was not a Steph Curry fan in college. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was impressed by what he did. But I was like, this kid's just. You didn't like, think it would. You didn't think it would translate. I thought he was gonna be like Hersey Hawkins, hmm. you know. And obviously, he he's greater than that. And then, of course, like the rules are a little bit different, which allow him to get off his shot a little bit better. But um, what, when we actually got him, though, when we picked him, I was happy because I was like, oh well, at least this is interesting, right? I mean, because this yeah. is so many years later, I'm wiser, of course. Uh, and I was like, oh, I didn't like this kid. But I was like, it could be, it could be fun. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I wasn't like, duh, we missed Jordan Hill. <laughs> you know? Like I wasn't like that. Well, and it also definitely seemed, I, it, it also felt like we kind of lucked out in it too, that it was kind of, I mean, even like at the time it was like, wait, what? Like the Wolves picked two point guards? Like, yeah what <laughs> like that just that made no sense <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i think i was like i was watching this draft like passively and and i was like what <laughs> really what they they took uh johnny flynn <laughs> yeah and uh you know and then honestly the barnes draft like being here in LA, like I wasn't really paying too much attention, but uh, when they tanked for that pick, I was like, nice, you know? Oh yeah. Very nice, yeah. I was know? happy about that one. Yeah, you uh, know. I mean, and, and the tank was fully, fully loaded there. Yeah. I mean, uh, but so, but yeah. so out, out of these, would you say that the, the Chris Mullen one was your low, your lottery low? Um, In terms of lottery, like or lottery draft. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, lottery draft. I mean, if you're talking draft, no, because Mullen was a great draft pick, but my uh, the lows. But like, I mean, at the moment of the pick, at the moment of the oh, choice, man. or the moment of the no, lottery. no, because I don't think. I mean, in in the well, this is like 1985, man. So like in the mid 80s, I don't think I cared that much. And also in the mid 80s, I was a huge Lakers fan because you're just getting Lakers and Celtics on TV all the yeah. time. So you know, like uh, I was like, oh come on, oh well, but. The lows are the what the 96, 97, <laughs> 98 drafts, I, I yeah. think, consecutively. I would say 95, but I thought Joe Smith would be solid, even though I wanted yeah. Rasheed Wallace, um, or Stackhouse. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, th I think those are the lows because by that point, you knew, especially by the time you got to McGrady, like you knew that, like, hey, 
uh, KG is pretty good. His, his high school thing is kind of a smart thing. And then Kobe Bryant, oh, you know, he's pretty good. You know, oh, Tracy McGrady, oh, you know, you should take him. Yeah, I really like a Donald Foyle. <laughs> you know, like let's let's if we're, if we're gonna get a guy who doesn't have much experience and doesn't really know how to play basketball, let's go with like a plotting 22, 23 year old instead of like this 18, 19 year old, like you know, athletic freak, you know. So, um, I think those were the real low points because it's like the universe just kept kicking me in the nuts, you know, yeah. like oh, yeah, great, hey, yeah, because it's, it's like the pick right here, so yeah. I don't know. What about Those you? were definitely the ones that like you, you knew at the time that was not a good, it was, it was, it was not a good pick. And I think that the Epi Udo one, uh, I think it may be 2008 or something like that. Like that was another one that was just like, ah, uh, or maybe it was 2010. I don't know. Yeah. It was 2010 because um, Steph was tw- uh, 2009 and then 2010 and then Clay is 2011. But like, Oh, 2008 was, a uh, um, Anthony Randolph actually. Oh man. Oh dude. I yeah. thought I believed in that dude. I thought that dude was Lamar oh, Odom and um, so much. Yeah. He, he was like, had all the tools and he just, I'll just never forget like Monte Ellis yelling at him on the court during like a game on TV. And they like showed him uh, from like a, a courtside shot. And he was like pissed off yelling at Anthony Randolph because he was like screwing up. I mean, we we're such a shitty team uh, that like you just, like so many people's careers were ruined by this franchise and and not just, not just the Warriors, like every franchise, every shitty franchise, but still it's just like, you know, um, I mean, good for him for uh, going to Europe and like being a good player over there and making some money. And, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I, I would say, I would say uh, my, maybe the lottery low uh, was the Yao Ming year, uh, which I think was 2002. Um, cause like, I mean, I, I think a lot of people didn't know how Yao Ming was going to turn out. Um, and you know, they had their doubts, but the consolation would have been, uh, uh, Jay Williams, right. The Duke. Point yes. Guard, right. I remember this. Right. Yes, yes. And then, and I think we were the worst team that year. We were. And it's just also like, you know, obviously the Bay area, like hella Chinese people, like, and Asian people like Yao Ming would have been awesome. Uh, and then we get the third pick out of that. And and I would have been like, if we had gotten Jay Williams, I would have been great too, you know? Um, and missing out on that, yeah. uh, the marketing, the cultural aspect, like, and he ended up being a great player. Yeah. That was, that was so disappointing. And, you know, <laughs> and I, we never forgave Mike Dunleavy Jr. for that either. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and he's, the fact that he's back on staff as a scout as an executive or whatever i'm like what why why would you do this and hey as long as he's been on the warriors staff they have not made the playoffs (laughs) and they've sucked and you know i don't know he he joined after they lost after the finals lost yeah so but apparently he is the one that pushed for jordan pool so maybe there's hope for well thankfully jordan pool has turned out to be um impressive and uh and whatnot um but that dunleavy draft though i'll be honest like yeah i definitely wanted Yao Ming, and i don't think it hit me as hard as as uh as it hit you but i at least when we got dunleavy i really did think 
I really thought he was going to be like the white Lamar Odom. And he's the second person, <laughs> just like Anthony Randolph. I was like, Lamar Odom, when he was young and he was at Rhode Island, you know, before he became like, you know, more of a Lakers power forward. I mean, you remember how badass that dude was. That yeah. dude was like yeah. skilled. I thought he could be like a, a McGrady, Kobe Bryant type. Somebody like, because do you remember that era when it was like, Kobe was in his prime. It was like, we were always looking for that guy who could like match up with him. Like our guy, like it could have been McGrady. Yeah. We were hoping it'd be Larry Hughes. Got to catch. It me. was not. And not that I thought Anthony Randolph could be Kobe Bryant, but uh, I definitely thought Dunleavy, I would say to people like thinking I knew what the hell I was talking about. That's, that might be one of my worst takes ever. Like, that Mike Dunleavy is is Lamar Odom, the white Lamar Odom, and um, you know, I I mean, it, it just shows that like I, you know we're so used to as Warriors fans, like if you're of a, a of a certain vintage, like just hoping on that potential, um, but then you just don't know how it's going to turn out, right? Like yeah. you know, in the end, after he left, Mike Dunleavy Jr. If you were to look at it objectively, like he ended up being like you know a decent role player, yeah. Um, and you know, not an all star, uh, but a contributor to some decent teams. And in in some situations, like and looking at the draft for us this year, like if we could get somebody with that skill set who could be a long time contributor, like hey, that would be that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Franz, is it Franz Wagner? Yeah, Mo Sorry. is his brother, Wagner, but yeah. Franz Wagner. Yeah, Franz Wagner. And watching those highlights, I'm just like. I mean, he looks cool. He looks all right, but man, it's it's hard to shake the it's hard to shake the Dunleavy feel, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I also think that Dunleavy ended up on a terrible team with a terrible situation, and it's just yeah. a terrible organization. We knew that. Can I put you on the spot though? Like, yeah, for uh, sure. Let Let's say if we get a let's say we get the fourth pick, um, and you you have a chance between uh. Jalen Green, sorry, Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green, who you recently found out was part Filipino. Who are you going to pick? Oh, man. I, ah. That, that, he's like your really Yao tough. Ming. He's your Yao Ming. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, me. <laughs> you know, like, it, it's not as, like, for me, I would love to see Jalen Green because just to see what it would be like to have, a dude who's part Filipino play in a, in a, in, in front of a fan base. Can you imagine that? that? So yeah, it's, it's full of like a bunch of Filipino, like basketball star people. That would be awesome. Uh, I also think Suggs would just come in. I mean, can you imagine some point in the season? If we get Suggs, like a second unit of Suggs, pool, Wiseman, I don't know, Wiggins, whoever else you want to throw in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be that would be just straight up nasty. And those guys could all yeah. grow together. So, um, but I, I really don't know. I, I would be happy with either. I think Suggs could help them win now. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like the two guys that could help the Warriors right now are obviously Kate Cunningham and then Jalen Suggs. They could come in and contribute on day one. Jalen Green's game. Super raw, he's super skinny, uh, not as raw as Kaminga. Uh, offensively, he's pretty polished, but defensively, but he would just be a guy that you could throw in there as like the uh, 
you know, you could throw them in there with pool and you just need offense. Yeah. Yeah. And Go by, get a bucket. Yeah. By the um, middle of the season. I mean, the thing is his comp for a lot of folks, at least comparing to last year's draft is Anthony Edwards. Right. But Edwards is physically stronger. Yeah. And, um, you know, more dominant in that respect. So I don't know if he could do what Edwards did this season, but man, I would, um, uh, I would, I would love to have either. I don't, I don't know, man. This is really like, uh, it is, <laughs> that, but that's your, that's your heart versus uh, your head. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I, if I, but if, if I got to make a call right now, I will take, I will take Suggs. I will take a Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Not Jalen Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, who would you, who would you take? Uh, I mean, you're not Filipino, so, you know. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, like, I knowing what it would mean for the Bay and the fans, like, it would, and, and he is a Cali- Northern California kid. I mean, do you, will Fresno, uh, that's Northern California, right? Yeah. Um, Central Valley, close enough. I mean, that's something that is pretty cool. But for now, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think, I think. I think I would go with Jalen Suggs. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. It would need more scouting. The It'd thing need is, to do some more scouting videos. The thing is, like, if Jalen Suggs was six six instead of six three, you know, we'll yeah. see what he measures at. Yeah. Also, Jalen Green early on, it was saying it was people were saying it was six five six six, but then I was reading it was like six four, so. And who knows? These dudes are 19. Maybe they'll still grow a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, either way, we would be fortunate to have have either for sure. Man. But this is just like a, a big tease, man, because I just don't believe we're going to get those. Like, you know? No, I mean, all of this is going to be moot. I mean, this is all going to be moot. I mean, the other thing is like the most likely situation almost never happens, right? So uh so i i mean it, yeah uh the evening of june 22nd is going to be interesting like uh but i'm i'm sure i'll be messaging you <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever I mean, way it goes it's gonna be like dramatic uh like it will be yeah yeah it'll be kind of like down to the end if it comes down to like the fourth pick and we just and it's like who who gets the fourth pick and minnesota's not on the board yet I mean, that's going to be insane, right? I'm going to be so pissed if Minnesota gets a top three. I'm going to be so pissed. And yeah. I don't like Chet Holmgren. Well, <laughs> Watch me eat my words, but We wouldn't even have a shot at Chet Holmgren unless he gets injured or tanks. But to me, it's like, I mean, that, now that you bring this up, like, oh, man, I got to figure out how to cope <laughs> with the fact that we, with the idea that we won't get the Minnesota pick. And that we're just yeah. at 14 and what this team can do. I mean, basically at that point, you, maybe you, I mean, they, to get anything of value for that 14th pick, you have to package it probably to get somebody that you want, you know? Yeah. Um, or you figure out a way if like Ubre wants to go to New York, will they? I mean, New York can just sign them outright. They have so much cap yeah. space. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see what would happen after that. I just really hope that they find a couple of vets and find a way to get them on the roster. You know, I mean, everybody talks about Olenek, Patty Mills. I would love either of those guys, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you're seeing in the playoffs and I mean, it's true every year, but it's like just who's, who's not going to get played off the floor. Yeah. Right. Like, and they, they just need, they just need some guys who aren't going to get played off the floor. Yeah. Um, and you know, God willing that clay comes back like at 80% or something like that. And then, and then you're good, right? Like you just need a few more dudes to like fill in and then you need a few more dudes going to get you through the season too, because, um, with an older roster, um, and with clay having to get ease back in, uh, you, you are going to need some 82 game players. Like I think, you know, Michael Mulder is a good 82 game player, (laughs) you know, get through the season. Yeah. 10, 10 minutes a night. Like you need that. That's valuable. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Damian Lee, 82 games. Damian player. Lee, all caps. <laughs> <laughs> all caps. If only he knew that should be his nickname. All caps. <laughs> um, all right. I, I wanted to ask you something. Yeah. Um, and, and I know, um, so I saw, uh, I saw a post or, or a tweet or something about like, uh, about the big three you know, which is starting soon. And, and it's not, uh, I, I've only watched highlights. I haven't watched any of the full games, but Same. you know, it's expanding. Uh, but I remember the tweet was like, it's like former warriors who are joining the big three. And it was this long list. And then I it's was Rick like, Barry. It said Rick Barry. I know. And I was like, he's going to play. It's like, he just that, can't let not, go. <laughs> that's, that's not a good idea. And then I was relieved that he was a coach. Um, but then I was thinking about, I mean, there's a lot of former Warriors in there, but I was thinking about the, um, that three on three format. Yeah. And then, uh, since we we're talking about drafts, um, there's only like a few drafts where we drafted three players. Um, and the, you know, obviously the most famous one recently is the 2012, which is, uh, Draymond, uh, Harrison Barnes and Festus Azili. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to know who you think uh, would win because uh, I, I thought of another uh, group of three, which would be 2001, which is Jay Rich, uh, Troy Murphy, and Gilbert Arenas. So in a three-on-three, three, uh, I guess, it, it, do you want to do big three format? So three-on-three three in the half court? <laughs> uh, sure. Who would win? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and are we assuming everyone at their peaks whenever those were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's say their peak. Yeah, I would take uh, the 2001. I mean, when they drafted those guys. Too much firepower. Yeah, too much firepower in the half court. Um, Festus, you know, God bless him. But even his peak was very limited. And it's there's no open court fast break lobs. So I would take Jay Rich and... Uh, Gilbert, I mean, Gilbert, man, Gilbert was, Gilbert was a hall of famer until he got hurt. That guy was so awesome. But okay. But I mean, but Draymond is also a hall of fame defensive player. Yes, he is. And right. Like, but part of his value is, um, like playing this five on five system and then also like managing stuff. And I think pick up three on three, big three format you know, it'd be valuable, but not as valuable, you know, like, it's not like he's orchestrating Festus and Harrison Barnes (laughs) on like the switches and pick up basketball. You know, I I just don't think, I mean, they would be bigger of course than uh, the 2001 guys, but uh, I think the, I mean, you're basically talking though, 20, 2016 Draymond, like the, the, 
39% three-point shooting Draymond. Like, if we're talking about peaks, although then you're talking about, like, like Wizards Gilbert Arenas, yes. right? Like, shooting yes. from 40 feet yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, no no doubt, Draymond is destined for the Hall of Fame. That's that's for sure. And But Gilbert, I mean, Gilbert was one of the best scorers in the league. I feel like he's so underrated at this point because he played on such – trash teams for the most part and he had that whole weird like gun thing you know um yeah. uh and then jason richardson when he peaked i mean that guy was a an amazing three-point shooter and harrison yeah. barnes i mean he never peaked he just plateaued and then you have yeah, Festus, you could right? also you, you you could also i mean you might say that this last season was harrison barnes's best season <laughs> yeah which <laughs> which know, like that that might be the best version of him yeah which probably isn't as good as Jay Rich's best season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that, I think that's the matchup that it would end up. I mean, I think uh, 2016 Draymond against Gilbert Arenas, like, I mean, 26 Draymond was a beast defensively. Yeah. So I think he could mitigate Gilbert a, a little bit, uh, but it would come down to like uh, Harry B versus Jay Rich and Troy yeah, Murphy, the, Rich, the, uh, the, the cheap double, double guy. He's, he's averaging a double, double. The only other guy besides Kevin Garnett. <laughs> and uh, like stretch four, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, okay. I, I, I actually have a wild card here to throw at you. Uh, and this was one that I just thought of. Um, it, it's not technically a Warriors draft class um, because I was thinking like, oh, what would be the best you know, Warriors draft class? And and you'd have to say like the best would be like whatever year Curry was drafted, right? And so that was the only pick that they had that year. But there's there's uh there's two other players who were drafted that year who played for the Warriors later. Um and so I want to throw them as a three on three team into this. So it would be Curry. <laughs> okay. Uh uh Omri Caspi and Jonas Jarebko. Wow, you just named the two dudes that they got that were scared to shoot. Are you kidding me? But you're talking about but the best version of them. Okay, I never saw the best versions. I know Caspi had that um, career game against the Warriors when he played on the yeah. Kings. Yeah. Oh man, as as I mean, much Steph's as like, damn good, right? As much as I, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like that is tough because Steph, that's so weighted, you know, um, and. How much defense are these and they, guys playing? <laughs> well, and they also, don't they have the like four or five point shot in big three too? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you probably I think, yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think so. Um, and do they play up to a certain uh, total or score or is it like a time-based clock, clock game? Uh, I want to say it's a score. Oh, really? Then, actually, I mean, it's I, hard. Actually, I don't actually know. <laughs> if, it, if it's getting to a certain number and is it like uh, – Make it, take it, or is it? <laughs> no, okay. no. Uh, you know what? I should have, I should have researched Big Three a little bit more <laughs> putting it in this. Because if it's like, if, if it's basically like the equivalent of uh, three on three twenty one, uh, make it, take it. I will go with oh, a yeah. team that Steph is on. Although I would love to see Steph versus Gilbert. Um, yeah. you know, that would be insane because. Uh, you know, going all hibachi was a, was a sight to behold. Uh, and, and, you know, if we're talking about the best versions of them, like a Curry and if Caspi is shooting and making yeah. shots, that that's not, that's not bad. Yeah. And Jarebko before yeah. his, but he tore his Achilles too. Right. So like, um, yeah. you know, I'm sure he was a little bit more decent. I mean, 
I, I would put him on Troy Murphy. <laughs> speed versus speed. Uh, that, but that is a, a good one. I do remember that 2001 draft because I, I remember Gilbert Arenas at Arizona. And you had no, I had no idea he was going to be that good. No, because he was like, he did. What was that guy's name? Jason Gardner was the point guard, and Gilbert Arenas yep. was an undersized two guard. And they were annoying, but like, uh, you know, because I wasn't an Arizona fan, but they kind of felt like that typical backcourt that Arizona used to o- always have. Maybe, maybe they still do, but you know, whether it's like Steve Kerr, Matt Muehlbach, or, um, Miles Miles Simon Simon and Bibby or Jason Terry. I was like, oh, these guys are just that. And then I remember the end of Gilbert's rookie season. They finally decided to play him and he was really good. (laughs) And and he was literally one of those guys because there aren't that many dudes who can take somebody off the dribble with no no screen left or right and just get to the cup nonstop. And he had such long arms. He could finish and he didn't look like a guy who would be able to beat people off the dribble so easily. And, and and then he, he would, and then he would finish over people and he was just like the, the right size and the right amount of athleticism. And then, and the shot was crazy. So, and as a six, three guard back then, because now six, six, three guards are so common in terms of scoring guards back then. It was really impressive. And that actually has nothing to do with lottery, the draft, but losing him, that was like a huge gut punch. Just totally. That was, that was terrible. I was so angry and I was like, I got it. I got it. I was like, I'm moving to Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) They changed the rules. They changed the rules after, after that. Yeah. Like in terms of how you could sign those types of contracts and, sign those types of free agents so yeah give me your take on uh your current take on james wiseman um you know i was listening to him talking to monty pool i heard that and that and then and then uh and then monty pool asked him how would you rate your season (laughs) and he said b plus and i'm like i don't know how i feel about that rating because on the one hand it's like you know what it's good that he feels confident or, you know, uh, but then I'm also like, that's not an honest assessment. <laughs> that's not an honest self-assessment. Like, it's not a B-plus season, you know? No. And that he was like, oh, if I had stayed healthy, it would have been an A. It's like, no. Like, uh, but I guess I just have a different rubric, you know? Um, I think, though, um, I think it's important to just, I, I, in a way, the knee injury is maybe a good thing because a it just will slow everybody down. Uh, he's not going to play, and, and they got to slow play him when he gets back um, because he just needs more time to develop. Like, and and also, I and I think this is something that um, baseball talent evaluators talk about that development is not a is not a straight line, right? Right, um, and. I think in basketball, it often feels like, oh, somebody pops and then they're just on their way to stardom. And and that's how people talk about young players. But it's it's rarely ever true. Like most of the time they have their setbacks too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the way that 
Wiseman's draft and the people around him, especially LaMelo and, you know, Anthony Edwards was not available to us, but like people are assuming a, a linear an upward linear, you know, right. progression. And it, that's not going to happen for them. Like LaMelo could shoot 31% from three next year, you know, um, that's entirely possible. Um, and likewise, um, just because James Wiseman, uh, didn't have a great year. He only played in about half of the games. So, um, but it doesn't mean he's trash, you know, like DeAndre Hunter. I remember last year, last offseason, a lot of people were saying, ah, he's trash. And he was really good for the Hawks mm-hmm. in year two. So, you know, like it's just too. So, my, my, I guess that's a roundabout way of saying, like, my Wiseman take is, uh, I, uh, we have to stick with it. And, because of like the way that people are talking about him, like I want him to be good. Like I want it so badly, yeah. like maybe too much, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, obviously if, if there's an, if there's a great offer and, and he has to be included, I'll do it. But, um, and I also think like, I, I, I like the idea of the homegrown talent. Like, I mean, that's what you have with Steph, Clay and Draymond. Like mm-hmm. those are dudes that we developed and, you know, the idea, um, and maybe it's a little bit romantic and hard to come by, but if we could do that with Poole and Wiseman, and like you said, like if we get it, you know, luck into Suggs or something like that, or even, you know, Scotty Barnes or whatever. Um, and then you have your next generation of people like that's what being a fan is fun about, you know, like, and, and we've also talked about it and like, that's what we loved about the 2015 and 2016 teams, right? Is because like they, it felt organic, and like we love KD and watching him, but like it was more fun when it was like our our guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. And not, I mean that, and that, and like I, I mean, I, you look at the Lakers, like how can you enjoy that? You know, like just bringing in AD and bringing in LeBron, and uh, I mean, and that's why Kobe endures right because he was he was theirs right like mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end yeah yeah no that's a great point i think part of it for maybe you know lakers is like they just favor the glitz and the glamour of the big names more than anything you know the homegrown stuff hey they don't care as much you know <laughs> they were totally ready to get rid of ingram and and ball and I guess they wanted to keep Kuzma for some reason, but you know, he was the worst <laughs> out of all of them. Uh, but I also listened to that James Wiseman, Monty pool thing. And I was like pleasantly surprised that he spoke, you know, that I was like, Oh my gosh. He, Cause he doesn't do much on social media. And I'm like, how's no, he doing? He how's his mentality? Is he like depressed? Is he all right? And the B plus, I was like, okay, okay, this kid is confident. And what what, what I did like was that he asked Monty yes. Poole, "What do you think I got?" Yeah, yeah, and, I like that. Yeah, and uh, and I feel like Monty Poole gave him like uh, maybe a half grade higher than he probably would have if he wasn't totally. talking to him in person. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would have given. He said he gave him a B. He'd probably give him like a C plus or yeah or something. Yeah. I. I don't mind the B plus. I was surprised, but I was like, cool. I mean, cause he's, it felt like, again, this is just a PR interview. I'm sure Raymond Ritter was like on this zoom call, like saying like, you can't ask about this <laughs> you know? or you can ask only about this and talk about that. Uh, and then 
James, don't say anything like this, you know? <laughs> um, but, you know, it showed me that if, in fact, he believes he gets a B plus, that he's not super down about how things went, which is kind of what you don't want. I don't feel like yeah. he's an overly cocky, confident guy in that respect, but, but he's confident enough. And I am of the mindset, I'm, I want him to succeed just as much as you do. So like, I'm of the mindset that if he doesn't get hurt and, you know, everybody realizes that hopefully who, who thinks about it, if he doesn't get hurt in every time he got good, he got hurt plain and yeah. simple. Right. And so his per 36 averages were awesome. And he just, it was just like the the now the like not fitting in with Steph the timeline talk the oh he has bad hands or oh blah 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 I think he's one hundred percent going to be fine you know and then you get this vibe from like Warriors Twitter that he's a bust and I don't necessarily think everyone believes that but then you just get this vibe that like he's not a good player but the timelines they're not going to match up you know yeah. <laughs> perfectly but he's going to be serviceable and good and solid next season. He's going to be a seven footer who they can throw lobs to who will be better patrolling the paint, be better at getting rebounds, be better at playing with Steph. He won't be as good as Looney is with Steph, but uh, he also will be able to do more that Looney can't do. You know, he's not going to come in there and be the James Wiseman uh, playing against like the Nets in game one. You know, although James yeah. Wiseman got good stats the first few games, you know. <laughs> so, and and I also think that sometimes I wonder, like, oh, well, you know, considering Ubre was also a uh, offense clogger, lane clogger, you know, <laughs> maybe if they did move him instead to the bench, you never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've said this before too, and I'll just say it on the record. Like my theory on him at the beginning of the season was that there were so many new players on the Warriors and no one had played in so long. There was so much rust and it was such a quick, brief training camp that everybody probably in practice looked discombobulated. They got onto the court, they looked even more discombobulated. And, but then once they started getting used to each other, their, the fact that they were veterans and their learning curves were shallower uh, made Wiseman's, rawness stand out even more you know people like yeah. oh, okay we're starting to get it and like how this team works and wiseman's like you know uh what <laughs> you know and so i think that kind of hurt him in some respect just like you like i love homegrown talent and i want to see i've talked about this throughout the season i talked to Bang about this like wiseman is what we've never had right yeah. like even chris weber was more of a power forward you know, could have been a small ball, ball center a lot, but this guy that we've never had the best center in our lifetimes with the Warriors. I mean, Draymond Green, obviously a small ball center, uh, his accomplishments and accolades uh, would be hard to match, but just as a pure seven footer, oh my God, like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I, I really want to see this. I really want to see this work. So, you know, yeah. um, I see no reason to I, trade him unless I, I it's a perfect package, like you yeah, said. Totally. And I don't know that that package is going to be out. There, also, we'd so. be selling a little bit 
low, right? Like totally low, totally low. And how would that feel to see, like, are you comfortable seeing him go and be a star somewhere else? You know, I I think there's, there's one more thing that I thought about in that interview. And then I also want to talk about like the, the season two uh, and warriors Twitter. So I think um, one thing he mentioned is that like uh, Monty Poole asked him like, Oh, who are you watching in this playoffs? And he, he mentioned, Oh, I've been watching a lot of Embiid, uh, which is great. You know, like, you know, uh, if you look at Embiid, like at Kansas, he was pretty skinny. Uh, he got a lot bigger and, uh, you know, obviously super talented. Um, but I was, I'm, I'm hoping he's also watching Aiton and, and lots of people have been making, uh, you know, comparisons to Aiton and what he's doing with Phoenix um, as, as the, the potential for uh, Wiseman in terms of in the short term. Right. And, and, and I think that's because it's like, and Aiton's really succeeding because he essentially accepted a role, you know, like, and he's still young. So like his time to be a star is coming. And the thing is like, you can also be a star, a star role player. Right. And I hope that because like, you know, you're seeing Aiton get a lot of press and, and, and accolades. Um, I mean, that's what all the players want too, right? They want to be recognized for, for what they do. And so, you know, there's different ways to be recognized uh, in the league and, and, and by doing it in the playoffs and, and playing your part of a good team, like that's one of the best ways to do it. So, yeah. um, but then to your other point too, about like, you know, I think uh, about like how the team was, you know, getting adjusted to each other. Um, you know, Warriors Twitter, I think, just needs to have a little bit more perspective about this season and like in the context of this year and the last six months where we were in the fall, like as uh, you know, in the States and in the league, like um, it was a mess, right? Like everything was a mess. And so like, and the team came quick together. Uh, the draft was like, however many weeks before the season actually started, like warriors, Twitter, and other vocal people amongst the the fan base have you know blasted the front office, blasted Kerr for like why didn't they know what their plan was going to be? Why didn't they have a better idea? And it's like, okay, we were in a pandemic. You're trying to you know yeah. you're recovering from a catastrophic like blow to your your chances with Clay's injury. You're trying to bring in the number two pick who's 19 years old who hasn't played much, and that's a lot to try to synthesize and like sorry you didn't have a plan uh and you're doing it um uh amidst a pandemic when you can't practice uh people are very isolated from each other so like how is this supposed to happen you know um how are you supposed to just have the roadmap for everything and i think people just need to have a little bit perspective of like just think back six months ago Mm -hmm. eight months ago uh, a year ago where we were just even in our own lives, you know, like it's like, these are people too. Like, I mean, part of it is like, I'm kind of still in lockdown in Toronto. So like, that's still fresh in my mind, right? Like the, like having to operate in these like weird circumstances. So I just don't think you can treat it as, as anything else. And then I just want to say one more thing about like everybody on wires, Twitter, like uh, there's certain segments that always wants to, talk about like uh, chasing wins chasing wins and it's like look at all these dudes who are dropping like flies yeah. you know and getting injured um i think they played it right by not quote unquote chasing wins mm-hmm. uh with steph right like how would you feel if steph 
got a catastrophic uh, soft tissue injury this year. Yeah. Uh, and you'd be like, it was for nothing. Why did they push him so hard? We didn't have a chance for a championship. Exactly. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at all the injuries that have come up. Um, look at, I mean, and just instead of Kawhi with the knee, you know, but hey, what if it's Steph? You know, yeah. <laughs> what if Steph with his ankle history does what Kyrie did? Right. Yeah. Like that's, that was rough, man. <laughs> you, you saw that? Like it was, it's like, and like ankle, stop playing it so slow. <laughs> it looked like his ankle, like touched the ground, man. And it's like oh, at a right angle, a right angle. Yeah. Um, but I, I hundred percent agree with you. And like Warriors Twitter, I mean, we all know, like just relax, anything, you know, anything Twitter is, is terrible. <laughs> anything, anything Twitter is terrible. Yeah. People are just like stop. venting and venting and like, trying to get you know people cloud chasers people uh in all parts of life in the world that's why i don't really tweet much you know like it's yeah it's uh uh it, it used to be a great place to like a place for conversation <laughs> yeah no 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 but i 100 percent agree with you man like and the chasing wins thing like i feel like that was so blown out of proportion and you know, like all the Kerr hate. I mean, every coach deserves criticism and can be criticized and can yeah. be questioned. And I'm not like a, a a Kerr apologist, but there's really nothing to apologize for. I mean, it's a tough season, tough circumstances, and weird roster. Honest, yeah, <laughs> and to be honest, it was like, hey, we we don't have Clay. We went with the guy we want in the draft with Wiseman, and you know, maybe he looked better than he. Maybe he looked readier than he actually was because no one else knew how to play with each other in training camp. And they were like, let's yeah. put him in. And we saw how bad they were overall, right? Well, so, and don't forget Looney. We didn't know that Looney was going to hold up over the season. Yeah. Like, and he Looney, been, last time we Looney could barely run. Yeah. He, so like, it, it, were, were you going to start him game one? Like, sure. They, I, you know, they should have started Chris maybe, but it's like, like they didn't have a lot of options. And uh, Looney might not have held up if he started from game one. I mean, Wiseman didn't. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think people need to kind of chill out a little bit. But I guess most of these big names in, in Warriors Twitter have made their names by uh, by being super reactionary and ridiculous and all that other stuff. But whatever. Maybe I'm just an old man. Um, who needs a haircut? <laughs> do you have any uh, superstitions uh, before we end this about the lottery? Do you do anything or, or no? Whatever? I mean, you can do it, the the crumple the balls thing for old time's sake. Pass that on <laughs> to uh, to your son. Yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should. Um, man, I, I I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to Tuesday. I'm looking forward to the twenty second. Yeah. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm so hyped. All I want, all I want is for the Minnesota pick to convey. <laughs> yes. You know? know, because if people are talking about like assets for next year, like say if we get a number 10 pick as the worst case scenario for the Minnesota pick, it's like not only will the wolves be better next year and the pick will be worse, but then you're still just talking like timeline, timeline, timeline. Yeah. The asset yeah. isn't going to be greater than it is now. Right. Yeah. So 
just that asset, like you mentioned, just having more tradable pieces is a, is a big deal for me. I don't know. I won't be able to sleep until the uh, lottery is over. It was Warriors Christmas, I'm telling you. It's Warriors Christmas. <laughs> well, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Warriors Christmas, man. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Hopefully uh, Santa or whatever uh, people believe in doesn't give us like a pile of coal. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe. And check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. Hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.